Welcome to the Pursuit Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. We believe in being real about what the Bible says, simple in how we convey it, and intentional in how we pursue Him. Man, I don't know about y'all, but I am so stinking excited. If you don't know who I am, my name is Chase Haney. I am from here. And some people call me, they're like, what do I call you? Do I call you brother, minister, uh, leader, pastor? I'm not, I'm just a follower of Jesus. Like, it's, it's all good. Don't worry, don't worry about the label. Just Chase is fine. So if we haven't got a chance to meet yet, I'm looking forward to that after the service. But I am so glad that you're here. I don't believe that you're here by accident. I believe that God has a purpose for your life. And that includes you being here tonight, hearing what God's going to speak into your life. And like I said, that's not just like you randomly wandered in here, like somehow you got here. Somebody brought you or you drove, man. Like, we are so blessed that sometimes we just kind of wander in places and think that God's not got a plan in that. I believe that you're here for a reason. And, man, I am, I am so singing excited. So if you've already gotten a, a chance to kind of say what's up to the people around you, can I just get, can you just throw up your hand real quick? Give me a good, like, woo! If you're from, if you're from Troy, Alabama, go to Pursuit at Troy University. Go. Look at that. That's what I'm talking about. Y'all are awesome. Thank you for coming to my hometown, the big bass capital of the world. You follow Alabama? We got donuts and we got fried chicken, and that is what we are known for. And we hold it tight. <laughs> but um, there we go. We got some dogs in the building. Have some time out. Did you bring a Bible? Because we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get into the Word. And like I said, I don't know if you like I said, you might have just kind of wandered in here, thinking that you know I'm not. You might not even be a Christian. And what I want to say is that if if you're struggling in this room, you feel like man, I don't know about this Jesus thing, like. I've got some stuff that's kind of going bad in my life. I got some things I'm still struggling with. Look to the person beside you because we're, we're all in this together, man. If you, no one here has got it all together. No one here is perfect. But the best part about all that is that all the things that I want to hide in my closet, all the things that I'm ashamed of is what Jesus saved me from. And that's what we get to celebrate. We get to come and do things like this because Jesus saved our soul. Can I get an Amen. That's the best part about this. We don't get to just kind of show up and play this church game. We actually believe that Jesus Christ was a person, that he actually came and lived on this earth, and he went to that cross to die on the cross for our sins, and that's why we get excited about stuff like this. Woo! Because, you, know, we can, we can, we can, you know, we can play really good music, and, and I can come up here and make you laugh, but if we're not pointing you back towards Jesus, then this is all just a waste of time. If you don't remember my name at the end of this, then I'm doing a really good job because I've said the name Jesus so many times, you can't leave here forgetting it. So we're going, like I said, we're going to hop into this real quick. If you've got a Bible, will you, will you turn to Mark chapter 10? Mark chapter 10, and we're going to go to verse 17. Mark chapter 10, let me get a sip of this water. Y'all have me hollering already, I didn't get a chance to preach yet, come on now. Be a little considerate. Here we go, Mark chapter 10. Verse 17. Here we go. So it's really cool. You, you, you kind of like, you know, like, maybe you're sitting here, like I said, you might not be a Christian. I'm not going to assume that. Well, we believe that Jesus walked on this earth, that he hung out with sinners. He hung out with people that weren't necessarily had the resume that's like, hey, this person looks good for Jesus. This person looks like a really good Christian. He hung out with people that didn't have it all together, that, that were sinful, that were broken, the people that needed a Savior. That's why he came. And the awesome part about it is that he came for people just like us. So you might be sitting here like, man, there's, there's, there's no real way. I, I, here's a story about this guy that seemingly had it all together. He seemingly had everything that he ever needed, and he walked away, with the very, he walked away without the one thing 
that this whole life depends on is relationship with Jesus. Mark chapter 10, we're going to start in verse 17. Here it is. It says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. He said, good father, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus responded, he said, why do you call me good? No one is good except for, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. He gives them a little bit of kind of like a checklist, like, hey, look, if you're looking for things that you shouldn't, shouldn't do, here's a couple of things you probably should abide by. And check this out, this is what he says. He says, teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. I think he gets a little prideful of it for a second. He's like, no, I, that checklist, I'm good with, like, I'm good with that. If that's all I got to do to get eternal life, like, I'm there. I made it. And Jesus is about to drop a bomb on this guy because he's saying, okay, you've checked off that checklist. But this is what he says after that. He says, Jesus looked at him and, and loved him. He said, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. Pretty easy, right? Pretty easy. This is what this, and then we go to the next verse, and this is what it says. At this, the man's face fell. He swept away sad. I mean, he went away sad because he had great wealth. I want to call this, if, you, if you're taking notes, you might have a better place in heaven if you do, because you might feel better. But if you're taking notes, the title of this is I'd rather have dot, 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 dot. I'm kidding. I'd rather have. I'm going to pray for us real quick and then we're going to really get into this. God, thank you so much for tonight. God, I just pray that we don't miss this moment. God, we've come from all over this wiregrass area. God, we've come to this place tonight, God, to encounter you. God, I pray that our hearts will be open. God, that you'll speak to the discouraged. God, you'll speak to the down and out. God, the people that, God, we just need to feel your presence. God, I feel that, I just pray that you'll just come into our lives. God, show yourself like only you can. God, I pray in this moment, God, that I'll take a step out of the spotlight, God, and that you will just step in. It's so prevalent, so strong, so dynamic, God, that there can't be one person that leaves this auditorium, God, not changed by the power of you. God, we just give this service over to you, God. You deserve all the glory, all the praise forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Right, sure, good now. You good. Appreciate it. I got a question. I gotta, I'm going to run something by you real quick. I don't know about you. But have you ever been like going somewhere or like maybe like you're at school and you're like, all right, I'm my, my hands are full and I've got everything and I'm like trying to get in my locker. Have you ever been in that moment? Like you've got both hands full and you're like, man, if evolution was a thing, like it'd be very convenient in the next five seconds to grow a third arm so that I could unlock this locker. I don't know about you, but I feel this like almost on like a weekly basis. Like I, I, I whenever I go to the store, whenever I go to like Walmart, I go and pick up like two cases of water because I'm really strong and I can carry it up like two flights of stairs and I get it up there and then I get to this point, I get to this barricade which is a dead, like it's, a, it's, a, it's like a bolt, like it's locked, my door's locked in my apartment and I carry up all this heavy stuff and my like, my arms are just like completely full and I'm like, man, in this moment, dude, I'm going to have to literally put down everything that's in my hands just so that I can unlock the door. Is anybody with me? 
This is something that I struggle with. All right, this is, I'm just going to get real. I'm going to get transparent just for a second because this happens every stinking time the door will be unlocked if my hands are full. Confession, it happens like, every time. And so like, I, I don't know, like, whatever, I, like I said, I'm from here. And I don't really like, know how you were raised, but like, we were just like kids and we ran around all the time and like, who knows where we were and all that kind of stuff. So like, the door was never locked at my house unless it was nighttime. So like, like, it's, it was never locked. And then I come off to college and I like, have had roommates and I have roommates now that I don't know if it's some kind of competition that they're running about who can lock the door the fastest whenever you walk in, but it's a real thing. Like I'm talking about like sometimes like I'll be like two steps behind them and I swear they're trying to lock that door. So like what happens is, is that I really start, and I'm not an advocate for like the locked door society or anything like that. Like I'm not, I'm not advocating for you should just like keep your doors unlocked, but like, man, it is sometimes it is super inconvenient because I start wondering, I'm like, you know what? How many times have we kept a robber out of our apartment compared to how many times we've made Chase put down every single thing in his hands and put it on the ground and then pull out my keys and then unlock the door and then pick everything back up. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? The struggle is real. Man, I, I, don't, I don't know what kind of scheme this is, but I feel like I run across this every single time that I carry up something heavy, something that's got my hands full. And in this story, I really feel like Jesus, what he's saying to this guy is that you're saying that you want me. You're saying that you want eternal life. But it's just like whenever I'm, covering, like I'm coming up the stairs with my arms full. Where, like this guy's saying, he's saying, Jesus, I want you. And Jesus is saying, like, where are you going to put me? Because this guy's, this guy's pockets are full, but his soul is empty. That's what we see in this is that this guy, you know, he just he wanders up. And I think he's got this little bit of prideful sense to him. And it's like, you know, I'm, I want you, Jesus, but I'm not willing to let go of the things that are like actually consuming my life right now. To take this just a little bit further, what, what we see is that it's cool because like this, this rich, like this guy's rich, he's young, and you also like often hear it called like the rich young ruler. And I think what Jesus is saying is like, if you really, really, really want me, if you actually want me, you've, you've obviously kept the commandments, but are you willing to let go of some things in your life so that you can have me 100%? If you've been doing this Christian walk for a while, what we, what we realize is that God doesn't just want like 95% of you. He doesn't just want 80% of you. No, he doesn't want just 60%. He wants the full 100% of you. He wants your heart. He wants your soul. This life shouldn't be about what can you get, how much can you accumulate. This shouldn't be about how popular you can get, how much money you can make. I want to spend my whole entire life giving it away. So I don't know what you bring to the table. I don't know if you can play an instrument. I don't know if you're, man, if you're financially wealthy, I mean, maybe we could talk and be your friends. You know, like we, can, we, can make that, we can make that happen. But what we see is, man, we see people all the time that are just going through this world. And this is what this world is telling us. It's just, come on, just keep taking more. It's all about what you have. Keep grabbing more. Just keep grabbing more. And then we leave this earth and we don't have the one thing that matters. And that's the relationship with Jesus. That's what we see is that this guy has everything that he feels like he'll ever need. And he misses the one thing. Tonight, I don't know where you're sitting tonight. I don't know if it's like, you know, Chase, like that, that sounds good. That sounds like kind of me. Like I've got... You know, I'm kind of blessed. I'm, I'm doing well. But like, I'm a Christian. I go to church on Sunday. 
But what if I were to like, go, like just take this a step further and say that Jesus wants 100% of you. He does, like I said, he doesn't just want just this Sunday or just this Wednesday part of you. He wants your whole entire life. I believe that God's got such a plan for our lives that he doesn't just bless us on Sunday and Wednesday. God blesses our life each and every day that he puts breath in our lungs. That's when we get to stand up and we get to share the gospel. We get to live out his truth, that we get to live by faith. That's what we see is that he doesn't just want just this part of us, just a sector of us. He wants all of us. So this might be kind of a reality check. Like, Chase, you're, you're, kind, of, you're kind of jumping ahead. Maybe you're like, like I'm, I'm still kind of like, I'm glad that I'm here. Like, music was good. But like, just for a second, like if we're here, we're in this place. Just for a second, could we just like get real with ourselves and get real with our hearts and figure out what kind of our, like, what are, what are our intentions? Where, where do we see God working in our life? Are, are we actually having a relationship with him? Is this just something we just kind of show up and do, or is this something that we actually live out? Something that I love to like talk about at Pursuit is that God doesn't just tell us that he loves us, he showed us that he loves us. What I mean by that is God didn't just say like, hey, I love you, kind of like, like a middle school relationship of like, hey, I love you. No, like Jesus, like when, when God said that he loved us, like he didn't just say it, no, God sent Jesus to die on that cross for us so that we can be made right with God, that we can be made righteous. That's, how, that's the God that we get to serve, is that it's not just someone that just tells us that, we, that he loves us, he shows us that he loves us. That's the best part about this walk, is that it's something that, you know, it's like, can I grab a hold of it? Like, I don't know, it it's kind of seems a little intangible. It's like, no, God showed us that he loves us. And we still have things in our heart that we're not willing to let go. Don't feel like you're, but don't feel like you're alone on it. I feel like God specifically, like just God breathed this, this word and that he put this in here because there's some of us that feel like we have it all together. Some of us feel like, God, like, like life is going pretty well. Things must all be together. Things must be going right. I must be good with God or he wouldn't be blessing me. Uh, to, to an extent, yeah, but like I, wanna, I don't want to be a Christian who just gives God that 50% and then lives my way. Like I don't know about you, but if you've ever had this like, God-inspired dream on you, this God, like God's planned out like this path. But like, I remember whenever I went off to college, I felt like I had a pretty like, like good grasp of like what Chase wanted. And then man, God blew that away. God was like, hey, look, like, I, I, like Chase thought he had it all together. Chase thought that, that everything was gonna like, like gonna be good. And then all of a sudden, man, I just see my life, I feel like it's just crumbling apart. I feel like I, feel like I had everything that I ever needed and I don't even go to the stretches. I look back on it now. I'm like, man, maybe God was just picking off pieces of me because they were distractions. There were things that were pulling me away from Jesus. It might not be necessarily sin, but maybe it was the root of sin. I feel like lots of times we have really good intentions, but it's not what God intended. So let's think of it for a second. We have really good intentions, but it's not what God intended. What I mean by that, let me give you a little bit of an example. Like if we were like, hey, look, let's go share this gospel. Like, let's just go right now. Like, it wouldn't be very like wise of us to like, like, hey, let's go like to the nearest bar. We're going to be like, oh, there's like, like these really dark places. It's like the gospel needs that too. But man, like, are we, are we ready? Like, I've got really good intentions, but am I going to slip up? Like maybe like you're in a sports team right now and I pray that you share that gospel. But like, man, I pray that you don't get pulled away from this God thing, trying to be somewhere where God's not intended you to be. Maybe tonight just might need, might need to be a night where we're like, hey, look, that place is poison. That place, that friend group. Yeah, you've got really good intentions. You walk in there planning on sharing the gospel with them. That's really good. 
But man, how bad would it be to see you fall in a hole? How bad would it be for us to get pulled away from Jesus because we were mingling with the wrong crew? That's what we're talking about is that, that like, we've got, sometimes we've got some really good intentions, but it's not what God intended. Not what God intended. I think I was, I was talking to one of my friends and I was telling him, I was like, you know, I think it's cool in, in this story. This guy seemingly knows all the right things to say, all the right things to do. I think that he might, like, I'm going to take a leap and just say that he's kind of like most of us, and I'm not sure if you're still there, or maybe you, like, you know, you, you've, been, you've been walking on this thing. But maybe, I think this guy, like, he knows all the right answers to the question. He's one of those guys that, like, if you were to ask, like, a, like if you had, like, a Jesus conversation, you were to ask him, you know, like, a Jesus question, he would give you the right answer. He would be in church on Sunday. He'd know when to stick his hands up in worship. He'd say the most eloquent prayers. But let me tell you something. What I see when I read this story is that Jesus isn't interested in all that. Jesus isn't interested in you knowing all the right answers, seeming like you have it all together. Jesus is interested in your heart. That's the best part about this is that you don't have to fake it until you make it. No, that's not this gospel. It's that, you know, all the deep parts of me, all the parts that I'm ashamed of, all the stuff, all the bodies that I've got hidden in a closet, all that bad stuff that I feel like I can't take to God, that's the very thing that Jesus saved us from. The thing that you're not willing to let go of tonight, the thing that you're like sitting back, you know, I, like, I, I, you know, I showed up, but like I'm not even going to bring up. I hope we don't touch on this area back here because I don't know if God's going to be okay with it. Let me tell you, God is so like not okay with it that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for it. That's the God that we serve. He doesn't just say that he loves us. He shows us that he loves us. So you can say all the right things. But we see in this story, what we see is that this guy said all the right things. But when it came down to him making the decision to follow Jesus, he left with his head down and he walked away. Nothing changed. How awful would it be? How bad would it be for us to come in here and talk about Jesus? To just get into his word and be surrounded by other believers, lifting up his name. And God is just pointing to you directly into your heart and saying, this part right here, this dark part, this part that's still sensitive, that part that you're still ashamed of, I saved you from it. That's the best part about doing things like this is that we can all come in here with all of our brokenness, all the stuff we feel like we bring to the table. We feel like we've got it pretty like, seamless everything seems to be okay but the best part about Jesus is he saves us 100% that's why we get to follow him 100% God didn't just save save us 80% he saved us 100% that's the best part about Jesus is the part that we're ashamed of he's like I, I died for that I died for that relationship you still keep going back to I died for that addiction you keep running back to I died for that that that, that just sin that's still in your life. I died for that. I died for those bad thoughts that you have in your mind. You feel like you can't shake them. That depression, I died for that. You can give it to me. You can bring it to me. You don't have to live like you got to do this thing on your own. Jesus is like, I want that. He wants us all. I think this, what, what's happening is that in this, like I said, Jesus saves us 100%. I, you might be wondering, you're like, hey, Chase, like, where does this like, title come in? Like, what do you, like, I'd rather have dot, 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 dot. This is, this is the cool part. This is, there was this really old hymn back in the day, and I, I, was, I was raised Baptist, but I got some Pentecostal in me. I'm a very rare breed. We can, we can get down with it. But, yeah, there we go. Yeah, there, then you saw who was Pentecostal people who clapped. The Baptist just kind of sat there really, hands in pockets, and gave me a little bit of a chuckle. See, I'm somewhere kind of in, in between that. And I don't, like I said, we're a rare breed. 
But we, we used to sing this song, and, and it stays with me so often. It stays with me all the time because the hymn kind of goes like this. And, and like, like I say, if you're writing this, you know, I'd rather have dot, dot, dot. Crazy thing. I'd rather have Jesus. That's, uh, like, <laughs> that's what I was bringing to the table. But this is, this is how the hymn goes is that it says, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. That's, what, that's the very story we're talking about is this guy has all the silver, all the gold but I'd rather have Jesus. I'd rather be his than to have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. Yes, I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hands. Isn't that powerful? Because the thing is, is this world keeps shoving stuff into our faces. If we can just get real just for a second, and I'm not going to speak too much to the, the older crowd that's here because like, I don't really know the temptations down that road. But I know for us young people, man, it is so easy to get tempted to just go and just grab whatever the world's trying to give us. And like, we just can be real for a second. Like The temptation is very real nowadays. It's very convenient. It might even be in your, it might even be in your pocket. Like It is very real. The temptations at school, man, it's harder than it's ever been. I'm going to take a leap and say it's hard. Can we just get real for a second? One of our things that we talk about is being real, simple, and intentional. Can we just be real for a second and just say that this Christian walk, it is very hard. It's something that, you know, I would advise you not even to do it by yourself because it's so hard. It's just something that you've got to press into each and every day. It's not something you get to just do, like I said, on Sunday or on Wednesday. This thing takes so much time. It takes so much work that it's going to be something that we do each and every day. So what we see is that the temptation is so real. It's real. Don't act like it's just hidden in a closet. It's real. It's there. But the awesome part about it is that we can sit back as, as believers and say, you know what? It is tough. I get tempted each and every day, but I'd rather have Jesus. I'd rather have Jesus. I'd rather have Jesus than popularity. I'd rather have Jesus than the money that it might take to just pay off these student loans. I'd rather have Jesus than to be the most popular person in my friend group. I would rather have Jesus. Can we just take a step as believers? If, if, if we're sitting in here tonight and maybe we don't really have that mentality of that I would rather have Jesus, can we just search our hearts for a second? What would be something that you would you know, Jesus is over here. What would be something that you'd want to pick up that's not Jesus? That's what this guy is saying. That's just what Jesus is telling this guy. He's saying, look, you've got everything you feel like you've ever needed. But are you to the point where you're saying, I'd rather have Jesus? Because I think this guy is just distracted. I think this is what Jesus is getting at, is that he is distracted. He's got all this money. He's got all this fame. He's got all this power. And he's just distracted. And I don't know about you, but I've been a distracted Christian before. Like, I've come to church before, I've come to church and been totally distracted. Like, I've been on church camps where I show up and I'm like, all right, where's the prettiest girl at? What kind of food we gonna have? Like, where are we sleeping? Like, Jesus is like fifth down on the list. Can we just get real for a second? And I've been a distracted Christian before. I think this guy's just distracted. Number, I want to cover kind of two things, and we're, we're wrapping this up. We're, we're, two things. I think that what we need to do as Christians, number one, Removal of distractions. Removal of distractions. If we want to grow closer to Jesus, if we want to press into him, if we want to have Jesus more than anything else in this world, then we've got to cut off some distractions. Like if you're sitting in a classroom and you're wondering why your grade's not good, are you distracted? 
Or is it like, 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 man, the teacher is horrible, the tests are hard, but it's like, dude, who are you cutting up with in class, though? Like, what can you control? Are you distracted? This, like, I, I think, like, us as Christians, some things that, that get us distracted, that throw us off of our walk. Like, maybe it's that number in your phone right now that you run back to every time that things get hard. Let's just get real for a second. Let's just search our, whole, like, our hearts for a second. I think when it comes to being distracted, is it that drug that you keep running over to that no one else really knows about that you're just kind of doing on the side whenever things get tough? Is it that person that you got on Snapchat that you've been still struggling with and every time that things, like I said, get tough, when things get hard, that's who you run back to? Are you distracted? Because like I said, I believe that God wants every area of our lives. He wants your social life. Here's your school life. You don't just go to school just to go to school. You go to school to be a disciple of Jesus. You don't just go to just cut up, man. Are we distracted? Like, yes, go make good grades. Like, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But are we distracted? Whenever we're like going through this thing, it's so easy to get distracted. As we're sitting here tonight, are we distracted of what God is doing? Is that like having sex outside of marriage? Is that like watching pornography? Are you distracted? Because I think that Jesus loves you so much. Like I said, that those parts inside of you that you're distracted by, God loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for those distractions. That you don't have to just keep those in a closet and act like God's not going to love me because every time that I come to something like this, they bring up this kind of message and I have to go back in that closet and wonder if I really want to talk about that. That part that you really don't want to talk about. Jesus saved you from it. You don't have to keep going through this life distracted because I believe that God's got a purpose for your life. He's got a plan for your life. And that I think that that actually, that actually incorporates, that actually involves God saving us from our sin. That's the best part about Jesus. Is we're not just doing this thing trying to earn salvation. No, it's already been paid and it's been paid in full. We no longer have to live distracted. So if you're weary, if you're distracted, if you're tired, if you're tired of going through this thing a little bit distracted, we can say, you know what, Jesus, tonight is the night that I'm no longer distracted because I want you more than anything else. That's the best part about Jesus. We can zone in on that. And if we are distracted, he still loves you. It's not like, hey, because you got distracted and you went to church camp over the summer, He doesn't just cut it off there. It's no. Jesus loves us so much. He loves the distracted version of us. But he loves us so much that he doesn't want to just keep us distracted. Here's number two. Comfort is a poison. Comfort is a poison. Check that out, man. We got the slides and everything up there. Appreciate you. (laughs) Comfort is a poison. I don't know about you, but have you ever had, I don't really know. I'm just going to take a leap here. Do you ever kind of like, like, maybe you've been, You've been growing up a little bit, and like, you ever run back to like an ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend? You ever had that happen? You don't got to raise your hands. Please don't do that. That'd be really awkward. But I'm just going to take a leap here for a second. Just be like, hey, you know, maybe I've done that before. All right. I'll just be that guy. I'll just raise my hand. Yeah. You know what? You do stuff like that. You know why You run back to those very same like people, those same senses, because you're comfortable with it. Whenever we're taking leaps and we're trying to follow Jesus with everything in our hearts, whenever we're actually trying to take leaps of faith, Every one time when we might get a little scared or a little worried or a little fearful, what we see is that we just want to come back to what we're comfortable with. Like, yeah, like I'd like to go and, you know, maybe, maybe do a difference or maybe speak to someone in my school, but I'd rather just not just because I'm scared they might not like me. They might not think the same of me. Comfort is a poison, guys. 
If we're just living our lives comfortable, plain Christians, God is calling us to more. That's the best part. Like, like Jesus calls us to more. He doesn't just call us just to just settle down and like don't make a rumble, don't make a shake, like don't do anything. Like I remember whenever, I remember whenever we tried starting the, this ministry. I remember whenever we started, man, it, I, I, we were really passionate. We were ready, like ready to go. And there was this span of time that we were like, wait, God, like where, like where, where's the next step? Like we're trying to do this thing. I'm trying, especially like. Like, I'm like, God, I, did I hear you wrong? Like, like, I don't, I'm just, I'm just a college student trying to live for you, trying to live for the, like you instead of the ways of this world. I'm just trying. And like, if you would just give me just another step, if you just give me like just something to kind of guide me. And I felt so lost. But it was because I was a little bit distracted. I was looking at what people thought. Would people support this? Was this really needed or? I was distracted, and what Jesus is saying is, like, if you're going to do this thing, if you're really going to do this Christian walk, if you will zone in on me 100%, not care about what the world thinks, not care about what people think, not care about whether you've got the money or whether you've got the, the personality, or whether you've got the speaking ability or playing ability or servitude, if you just zone in on me, if you just not get distracted then I'm really like, I've got plans for your life. The best part about it is like, like, it's like a, it's like a warning. Like if you're a Christian and like all of a sudden you get comfortable of like, you know, I'm just kind of good where I am. Like I'm content. Like I believe that God puts us where we're supposed to be for a reason. But if we're sitting back, not helping anybody, not telling anybody about Jesus, not serving anywhere, kind of going to church, but it's convenient. I don't think God just calls us whenever it was comfortable or whenever it's convenient because what I see is when I see Jesus, when he went to that cross, it wasn't really convenient. It definitely wasn't comfortable. I'm glad that Jesus didn't wait until it got convenient or until it got comfortable for him to go to that cross because it was the one thing that separated this whole like span of humanity is this is one act that Jesus stepped down from heaven and that he went to that cross and no, it wasn't comfortable. Yeah, it was probably hard to look at if you were there. This guy gets beat so badly. He gets just crucified and he can't even hardly recognize who he is. And what we see is that Jesus didn't just wait around until he felt like it. I think sometimes us as Christians, we're like, hey, God, just send me a sign. Just send me a sign for it to happen. And he's really been doing that all along, and he's waiting for you to take a leap of, take a step, take a leap of faith. He's waiting for you to move. He's like, I've showed you the step. I've showed you the way. If you'll stay in my word, if you'll pray to me, then I'm going to give you the way, and you're not going to have to wander through this life like, does God got me? Yes, he has you, because he had you on that cross whenever you were like, when you were in your sin, the wages of sin is death. And what we see is that when we needed a Savior, Jesus stepped in. So we don't have to just wander around wondering, does God got me? He has had you. He does have you. And he's going to have you in the future. So we don't have to just hang back in what's comfortable. Like he's telling this guy, he's saying, look, like, if you really want me, then you've got to be willing to take off. You've got to be willing to take off anything for me. If there are things in our lives as Christians that are holding us back, that have got us distracted, I think that God is calling us to more. That's what we see. So I don't know about you, 
But I'm glad that we can, we can cling on to this fact that Jesus tonight is saying that distraction, you can bring it to me. That comfort, you can bring it to me because I've called you to more. Because tonight, we can actually start letting God be God. And even when I don't have every single step to the way, I know that God is living in me and that he is calling me to more. He's calling me to uncomfortable conversations. He's going to use me in ways that might not be comfortable. It might not be convenient. It might be ways that don't look very popular. But God is calling us to more. But he's saying, look, you can't be, I don't want you distracted. Because you can have everything you want in this world. But if you don't have a relationship with me, you're missing the one thing that you need. You ever been on a trip and you forget your phone charger? You just go on this trip, you're like, oh man, I just like got all the way up here. And I forgot the one thing that I need to like, the most important thing in my life is my cell phone and I forgot my charger. How awful would it be if we get to heaven one day and we're standing before God and it's like, yeah, I did all the right things. I said all the right things. I prayed like eloquently. But did you have a relationship with me is what he's going to ask. Do we have a relationship with Jesus? He's calling us away from those distractions. He's calling us away from that comfort. It's going to take a little bit of courage. It's going to take a little bit of stepping out. I'm going to end with this. This is what, when, I don't know if you've ever heard the, uh, the Lord's Prayer. We used to say it in football, and it kind of started off a little something like this. It's like, who's Father? And then everybody would be like, oh, Father. Don't even hear the rest of it. It's like, and then I'm like looking around. I'm like, I'm like, whoa, like, are we saying this? Or like, are we done? It's like somebody speaking in tongues. Like, what's going on here? Like, what's going on? And all of a sudden, we just be done. And I'm like, like if you don't, if you don't know it, that's, that, that's fine. But like, you don't got to just mumble through it. Like, we can like break this thing down. What a great opportunity. Like, I'm going to share Jesus with the, I'm going to share Jesus with the people that are already praying to him. Like, awesome. Great setup. But I remember we used to say this, and this, this, this one line, it says, give us today our daily bread. What this means is this daily dependence on Jesus. Some of us, I think that we try to do our relationship with Jesus almost like our tithing. Like, we want to give him like 10%. Like 10% of our lives, like, all right, here you go. This is what you got to work over the relationship with. 10%. I know more, no less. 10%. Like maybe on Sunday, maybe on Wednesday, nothing more. Like we're cutting it off there. And I, when I read this and I see it says, give us today our daily bread. This doesn't mean that weekly bread of like, all right, on Sunday, I'm going to get a word from my pastor and then I'm going to be good. What I see is when it says, give us today our daily bread. This means each and every day. How exciting is it as believers that we don't have to just get to encounter God just once a week. Twice a week, we get to carry that home with us. And I'll tell you, I love preaching to crowds like this, but the best time that I have with Jesus is when I sit down by myself and I open up my Bible and there's no distractions. That's the best part is I just get to sit down and just get to hear what God's speaking into my life because I'm getting that daily bread. I don't know about you, but have you ever like, you're like doing really well, you just got home, maybe you're on fire for Christ and like you get home and you're like reading your Bible and all of a sudden you like miss a day. And you just feel almost awful about it. You're like, man, I don't even feel like I, I can, like, I missed a day. I'm not even sure if, like, God even loves me anymore. Like, you miss a day and all of a sudden you just, like, fall down the rest of the week. And all of a sudden it's like a month you hadn't read your Bible. It's because this give us today our daily bread is that you don't have to worry about anything else in your life. If you, if you haven't paid attention to anything tonight, pay attention to this, is that you don't need anything else in this life if we have our daily bread, which is God speaking into our lives. 
is our, our dependence on him. Our daily bread. He's going to give it to us each and every day. You don't have to worry about whether God's got you or you're taking a little bit of a leap of faith. God is saying that I've got you and that I've called you to more. That there is more to come. There is more to come. There's better to come. Somebody be sitting there right now and you're like, hey, Chase, I've got some pretty dark things in my heart, whether you're a non-believer or you are a believer. But the best part about this is that we don't have to go get right and then come to Jesus, is that we can come to Jesus just as we are, just with our sin, just with our worry, just with our depression. We can bring that all to Jesus. And he says, I've got you. I've saved you from it. You don't have to worry anymore. That's peace. That's freedom in the most purest form. That's how much he loves us. Tonight, are we to the point where we would rather have Jesus than anything else? So if y'all just stand up with me, we're going to pray for a second. Because I really believe that God's been moving tonight. I pray that it's nothing that I've even said. I pray that it's God has been touching your heart. But if you'll just close your eyes for a second. Just bow your heads. This is kind of what, this is kind of what, what I, I want to do for a second. I believe God's just been stirring in your life. He's been stirring in your heart tonight. And I don't know whether you're not a follower of Jesus or maybe you've been doing this thing for a long time, but maybe you've just gotten good at just faking it and it looks like you've faked it so much you've gotten good at it. But I don't believe we got together to do this thing so that we could walk away just like that guy did that Jesus talked to. That the gospel was exposed to them, that he was saying, you know, if you, wanna, if you want eternal life, I want, I want everything. I want the good parts of you. I want the bad parts of you. So what I want to do is that I'm going to pray for us and I want us to do something kind of special, something kind of cool. But first, we're just going to hand this over to Jesus. God, thank you so much for tonight. God, I just pray, God, that you've moved in a way, God, that it's not about whether I said it right, God, or whether it was delivered right, God. I just pray, God, that you've worked in each and every person's heart, God, in ways that only you can, God, that they've just discerned, whether it's my voice, God, or your voice speaking into them, God. I just pray, God, that we don't leave here different. I just pray we leave different than we came, God, that we don't just come here and do this thing and get really good at playing this game, God, that I pray that God, you've touched our hearts so much that we're willing to go out and make a difference for you. It's not something that we just do on Sunday. We just do on Wednesday. God, this really bad hobby. God, I pray that you give us this daily bread, this daily relationship with you. That's what you want from us. You don't want all the, the stuff that feel like we've got it all together. You love us so much that you'll reach into the deepest, darkest parts of us, the part that we don't want to show anyone else, and that's the part that you want to save us from. God, I just pray that we'll be willing to hold that up and say, God, I don't have much. It's not pretty. God, but this is all that I've got. God, I pray that we'll just be able to just, God, just let it go. God, that we don't leave this place, God, just holding on to that sin, that distraction, just sitting back being comfortable, God, that you've moved in our hearts so much. God, that you don't want to leave us the same. 
God said, we're just going to give you this service. God, I pray, God, that God, you'll just move in ways that only you can move. Your name. Amen. I want to do something cool real quick. If you've got your phone, will you pull it out for a second? I want you to kind of like, and if you got an iPhone, this is how it works, but like, if you just turn on your flashlight for a second. I'm going to ask a question. I want you to kind of answer with you raising your, raising your phone. And the question is, is, would you rather have Jesus than anything else? Is there anybody in here that would rather have Jesus than anything else? The awesome part about this is that as you can see, you're not standing alone on this, is that we get to walk as believers. We get to walk as the part of the church. We get to walk together on this. So if you're struggling, I'm struggling. If we're going to do this thing, I don't want to just do it by myself. Is that if we've got a whole room of people all across the wire grass, then we actually believe that God's going to make us, He's going to just say, you know what, I'm calling you to step out. I'm calling you to make a difference. I'm calling you not to just be comfortable, not just be distracted. I'm calling you to more. I'm calling you to, you know what? I'd rather have Jesus than anything else in this world. I'm so excited that we've got a room full of people that believe that. So as we go into this next song, you can kind of put your phones down if you want to. I know your, arm, your arm's like, all right, man, this arm is not that swollen. I might have to switch. As we go into this next song, I don't know where you, I'm not going to try to make you, you know, just get awkward with it, but I do believe, as we read in that story, we see a guy that comes up thinking that he has it all together. And I pray that tonight, God has spoken to your heart. He's changed your life. But maybe you just need to talk about it. Maybe you're ready to, maybe if you're not a believer whatsoever, like, you know what, this Jesus thing, I would rather have Jesus than anything in this world because this world keeps letting me down. I'd rather have Jesus. When we go into this next song, and we're going to be up here towards the front, please come talk to one of us. Because we see in a story just like this, this guy gets presented the gospel. And he turns around and he leaves more sad than he came. If we're here, we're going to do this thing. If we're actually going to come and be about Jesus, I pray that we don't just walk away with our heads down, missing the opportunity. Maybe you're sitting here and you're a believer and it's like, you know, I've got some distractions that I need to cut off. I've got some comfort that I've just been sitting in, not trying to make a change, not trying to make a difference, just coasting through life. I once heard you can only coast going downhill. Only coast going downhill. So if you're a believer tonight, you just need to be encouraged. You just need to say, you know what? I'm ready to make a decision to come back to Jesus. I'm ready to cut off these distractions. I'm ready to get out of this comfort zone and really start living for Him. We're just all going to come to the front. We're going to pray with you. And then we're going to worship like we've never worshiped before. We're going to lift our voices that heaven will hear us because we think this is a party. You should see heaven right now when it's all a bunch of Christians exposing their hearts, getting down deep in our souls, saying, you know what? That deep part of me that I'm not proud of, Jesus, you can have it. I comfort in my heart, you can have it. That distraction, I'm going to cut it off in Jesus' name. Tonight could be that night, and I believe it. I know that God is calling you to more. 
and he saved that part of you you don't even want to talk about. We can walk out of here, Christians, we can walk out of here better Christians. So this is going to be open. Don't miss this moment. Walking out with your head down. Man, I missed the moment. We know we're not promised another day. Tonight is that night. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. Help us spread the word by rating and sharing this podcast.